We thank you for another opportunity to open your word and to be ministered to by you, to be blessed by you, our God. Thank you because you have already prepared a meal, a table before us. Thank you because out of this table will come things that will illuminate, that will heal, that will revive afresh. Thank you for a great access, great open door, great entrance into the blessing of this season. Thank you because you've already delivered it. But Father, you will turn the spirit of the blessing into utterance. So there can be a communication, there can be a delivery. My Father, I, I depend on you fully. Again, Lord, I ask God, come and use my mouth and my heart and my being, Lord, to minister your word. Father, I am unworthy as always. But Father, I pray, come and take glory in edifying us tonight, in blessing us tonight. Thank you for the move of your spirit that's already in progress in every heart, moving upon every heart, breathing upon every heart releasing a fresh breath of life upon every heart. I thank you for a fresh installation of life that will begin to happen. Lord, I pray that the ministration of the Spirit tonight will be far-reaching, that it will reach the, the hearts at different places through different entrances, through different access. Lord, I ask that even those who are far off, there will be grace to bring them nearer by hearing. I pray, Lord, that there will be a, a spirit of restoration, a spirit of increase. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening. Everybody, please welcome someone tonight. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Greetings to everybody. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Amen. I should be welcoming you back too. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, too bad uh, we have to reduce our numbers again because of the, the COVID um, regulations, I guess. But I, I, my greetings to everybody who's connected online. Um, thank you for um, your steadfastness in, in being blessed. Uh, thank you for continuing to journey. Praise God. Um, I know to, to journey in this path, it's against all odds, and the odds are many. <laughs> Praise God. It's not natural for a soul to continue moving 
uh, in the path of righteousness because um, that path is very, very narrow. Um, amen. But thank God for his mercy that has kept us. Um, we'll be moving from season to season to season to season. And in each season, things have been added. Praise God. And there are more seasons to come and more additions to come. And I pray all of us will will be, praise God, will come to perfection Amen. of what God has planned to do with us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, I believe we all enjoyed the convention. It was awesome. <laughs> we had a wonderful time uh, in Edmonton. Those of us who were there, those of us who were online, I'm sure we also had the same, the same measure of blessing and and enjoyment. Praise God. Um, our Father, we give you glory. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Amen. God hasn't. God is just still beginning to speak, even though much a lot has been said already to us. The Lord has spoken many things to us, but He still has many things to say. Um, I'm very convinced of that. Praise God. Um, every time, um, every time the door. Of the, I don't know if it's door or window, but anytime the, it opens up and we're able to see the the array of the, the riches of things which God has in store in the spirit for us. You know, it's not everything that we we are seeing that we can download now. Praise God! And sometimes when you think you've downloaded, downloaded things, we've gotten a lot and a lot. And praise God when you when they open your eyes again to see. The, the volume of the blessing, <laughs> praise God, the volume of blessing is things that God, heaven wants to put inside men. There are many. <laughs> there are a lot of things that heaven, and, and all those things, how, praise God, uh, they are things of God. They are highly spiritual, but season after season, the heaven can translate them into words, into scriptures, into doctrine, and as you know, he said, Moses said, Let my doctrine be still as the dew, not like heavy rain. And it comes little by little, so he can touch every little herb, every little plant on the field. Amen. And God is very careful with blessing, He doesn't rush things. Maybe if He rushes everything, maybe one or two people can carry it because they are very spiritual. Um, praise God. <laughs> you know, some guys, they are so spiritual, they can download everything heaven has. Right now, at this very moment, A- amen. <laughs> so, but because of the rest of us, how we say no? <laughs> say, Let's not do it that way because, amen, <laughs> we might end up killing some people in the process. Some guys might just give up, say, No, this is too much, amen. So, they have to distill it, say, Distill, distill. as due, little by little by little. Praise God, it says. Isaiah 28 says, here a little, there a little, line upon line. That's the process of doctrine. Amen. It takes anybody who will, who will fully learn doctrine, you must be ready to give years of your life, decades of your life, to keep learning because it's here a little, it's there a little, like that from season to season to season of speaking. And the Lord, uh, praise God, continues to speak that way. Um, so I, I want to just make sure that every one of us, we are ready for a fresh season of speaking. I hope we are not weary. How many of us are tired from everything? You see, let's, let's wait. Maybe we should take a year break. Let's go and assimilate everything <laughs> that we've been learning. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but uh, safety is in hearing. 
if when you if you stop hearing, be afraid. Let your heart be shaking because, amen. Because in hearing, that, that's how they save us. They save us both in our daily living and in also in the building up of who we are. Praise God. The work, the in working of salvation, is by continually hearing and hearing and hearing. Praise God. Our Father, we thank you. Lord, we are open to hear everything that we, 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 you have to say. Lord, we ask for fresh release of resources of heaven, ministering help, spirits, help of, of your spirit allocation, portions, measure of the wine of the spirit and of the oil of the spirit. And Lord, even greater allocation of help, heavenly help, even in terms of ministering spirits, who are to minister for us, who will be heads of salvation. Lord, I ask for a fresh anointing upon every heart to receive everything that you have. I also pray for my own heart as well, that you will refresh in my heart and let the dew of your spirit be fresh upon it so that utterance can flow according to your present wavelength and frequency in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to um, Timothy. See first. Yes, thank you. This is Second Timothy. Amen. Please, can we appreciate brothers Jimmy and Tolu, um, brother Yinka? Amen. Um, I know there are many of us who would have loved to go, but. We just the Lord just arranged it just for a few of us to be able to be there and, and thank God that they came. <laughs> if, one, if one person was missing out of three of them, <laughs> things would have been different. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit arranged it. I think the last person who we settled will come Brayinka. And it's like the Holy Spirit was telling him inside his heart for a while and one day just mentioned it. Oh, but I said, Okay, no problem. That if if the Lord is and, and there was witness in my heart that he was supposed to come. And I thank God that, that he came. Um, praise God, there was great display of grace. Amen. They have grace, so much grace in, on them. Um, and because of them, many of us were able to be blessed because of what the Lord used them uh, to do in, in Edmonton. Praise God. Second <coughs> um, Timothy chapter, chapter 1. Amen. Verse, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in what? In Christ Jesus. Praise God. Um, to Timothy, my dear beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and 
Jesus and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Uh, so Paul said, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, so that means his apostleship is, is according to that promise. You know, there are promises. There is a promise of eternal life. Amen. Which is the ultimate, which is the promise of eternal life. But there is also a promise of life in Christ. And, and Paul was merely an apostle of the first pro portion of the promise, which is the promise of life, which is in who? Which is in Christ Jesus. And he was writing to Timothy. He said, Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers, with pure conscience that without season I have I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and of a sound mind praise the lord Hallelujah. amen, amen. Um, for so it says that our uh, verse 5 again it says that when i call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee that which dwellest first in thy grandmother louis and thy mother eunice and i am persuaded that in thee also that wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Um, so this um, is asking him to, to, he speaks first about a faith. That is in him. He calls it unfeigned faith. Amen. Amen. It's, it's an unfeigned faith. Now, now he, the mention here, it was in thy grandmother, and then in thy mother, and then it's in thee also. When you read that thing, it looks like a hereditary something. That the past, it maybe his grandmother had the faith gene, the, the unfeigned faith gene. I wish that there was unfaith faith gene there. Amen. Amen. That can be passed biologically, but this was not passed biologically. I, I believe that his grandmother was his, must have been a student of faith, mm. and his mother, and also him, as well. Praise God. And so that faith is he calls it uh, unfeigned faith. Paul also mentioned that and of faith unfeigned. Praise God. That was in. In First Timothy, praise God. Um, let's see that in First Timothy, um, chapter chapter one, 
First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It says, Now the end of the commandment is, is charity, out of a pure heart and of good conscience and of faith unfeigned. So, so that would end of commandment. If this is the end of commandment, it means that the, his grandmother, his mother, and him, they were commanded. Right? Because this kind of faith unfeigned, no soul, that no soul that has not been commanded can have this kind of faith. Amen. Amen. It takes a soul that has been commanded. We've spoken a little bit about commandment. That uh, Praise God. That soul, commandment, what is commandment again? To quicken. Praise God. Commandment means the, the word that comes to give life. All right? To cause to come out from the dead. So, so I mean, this faith is belongs to, to people who have exited the grave, right? Not just in their spirit man, not just they are born again, but in their soul, they have measured the walk. They've walked and walked and walked to a point where they've gained exit from the grave, right? They've means they've measured separation from grave life, from graveyard life by virtue of commandment, and that commandment that makes a soul exit the grave has an end. And they are describing the end season of the commandment is, is called charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. And then it mentioned faith unfeigned. Praise God. So faith unfeigned is a, is the, is a, is a kind of faith you see at the end of faith. It's the is a kind of faith that you that appears at the end of faith. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Okay, now now let's go back to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter chapter one that we're reading. So he spoke about this unfeigned faith. Amen. That is in him. Faith unfeigned. Faith unfeigned. Say faith unfeigned. Faith unfeigned now, but Timothy already has this faith. He said, I am persuaded. There's something that, there's a way this language, there's a way he says this, this language sound, verse, verse 9. Now he didn't say, I, I am persuaded it was in your grandmother or in your mother. He didn't say that. I am persuaded. You know, Timothy was a very young guy here. I believe Timothy, uh, you know, if you go to chapter 3, of Second Timothy, say, I know how that from a child thou had known the Holy Scriptures. So, if he had knew the Holy Scriptures from the child, someone was teaching him the Holy Scriptures when he was a child. Praise God. Uh, who do you think must have been teaching him? It must have been those people who he was living with at home in his house. So, Timothy, Timothy was a child. Timothy was not was a child who was born. In a season when Paul's ministry work had borne plenty of fruit already. Do you get that? I mean, when Timothy was a child, if you check the timeline, see the second Timothy, towards the books of Timothy, was two hours later when he was in this life that he wrote all these things. So it means he has done ministry for a while. He already had many children in the faith. And by this time, you now see there are already people who had who have been hearing his message, they had already be- began to get to the third gener- second generation, right? Grandmother, 
that's the first, sorry, third generation, the mother, and then Timothy. That's like the third generation. Amen. So, and by that third generation, you see, Timothy must have been born into the world of righteousness. Do you agree? It's possible that maybe his grandmother, what's her name? Louis. And Eunice. It's possible that, that Louis heard it. This, I'm just thinking, it's a possibility, just looking at times, how it might have happened. It's possible that Louis heard it when she already had a daughter called Eunice. So Eunice might have been little when maybe Louis was going to pause meetings with Eunice. And Eunice might have been younger, maybe a youth like you or something, maybe about to get married. I don't know what age, but she must have learned it at some age while her mother was learning it. And then they must have journeyed already. Now, when you see this, no, Timothy, Timothy, you won't see, you won't see a piece of Louis, a piece of Eunice. You won't see them, but I can almost bet you and assure you that these women were higher than Timothy in the spirit. Yes. They were higher than Timothy. You know, there's something about the ministry gift is not by, it's not, ministry gift does not mean equate spiritual stature necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't equate. A, a lot of times, people who are, who are in ministry, God prepared them for that. Many of times, they were born, the way, the way God, the way, that plan for them to be means of the gospel started way before they were even born. It started involved with their parents who should marry who to bring the right genes together to produce a child. That, that thing called ministry. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Because ministry involve, God, involves God usage of a man. God takes a man. A man becomes a vessel. Both his, his soul and even his body becomes a vessel. Some, some guys understood this. Thing. I was reading something by Charles Spurgeon. Um, and at that time, when I read it, I didn't really agree with it. I told me it didn't make sense to me. But now I'm not beginning to see that this guy, you know, some guys, when they talk from experience, they are not quoting scripture. But this, some of them are deep. They walk deeply with God. They have authority in terms of saying some certain things. And, you know, one of the things that Charles Spurgeon devoted a, a huge part of his life, ministerial life, into was the culturing and developing of ministers of the gospel. And, and he read, and there was one of the books he wrote, I think Letters to My Students or something. It was just writing about ministry. Charles Spurgeon, he had grace about the life of who, what a minister should be, who a minister should be, both inwardly, in terms of the manner of life, everything. God gave him grace. And he was writing something, it was like, some people should not be ministers of the gospel. He said, if you come and you have a tiny voice, physically. <laughs> he, said, he said, if you have a tiny voice, he said that, go, just go and be serving God in the secret place, go and, but you are not to be a minister of the gospel. Even when he told details, he was describing how a minister should have enough broad chest. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Now, 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 hold on. Now, of course, times are different. Now, that might not be the same, the same thing now because God knows that now you have microphones. You have 
technology. So God can say, okay, if we can use tiny voice too. And <laughs> you say, amen. But, but in his own time, yeah. there's nothing like microphone. And, and sometimes you have to preach to thousands of people. Yeah. It means you must have machinery yeah. inside of you. You must have what they call pipes, right? You get what I mean? Amen. Now, I want to imagine what kind of pipes Jesus must have had. How the Holy Ghost must have crafted his, what do you call it? His airwaves, uh, what do you call airway and his vocal cords and all that. They, 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 Jesus was a preacher. So when Holy Ghost was crafting Jesus of Nazareth, they were crafting a preacher, a man that can be preaching to 5,000 people without microphone. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. And so, and the same thing, when you, if you go back to all those men, Isaiah, Elijah, they would have been different men. When they talk, you know that this is a prophet speaking, both physically, their voice. Amen. So, Holy Ghost is involved in such things. <laughs> you understand that? So, when it comes to, to a minister of the gospel, there's a way, even in the body, there's a way, there's a disposition, there's a way Holy Ghost can be involved. Amen. To, to craft a vessel for God. And so Timothy, um, um, so that's why sometimes ministry, like I was saying, is something that God has already designed a long time ago. That's why sometimes you find people who they, they spend all their whole life running away from it. They still end up doing it. God can fight. They wonder, why can't you go and look for another one? Why must it be? You know, some, some people have fought God. They say, God, leave me alone. I want to live my life. God is saying, no problem. <laughs> Amen. You don't know what investment has been made. Amen. So, for one to get one minister, <laughs> heaven has to do a lot. Amen. So, um, so it's very clear from Timothy. So, what was upon Timothy, even though he had begun to, um, like Paul said, that there is a gift of God that is in thee that is was brought by the laying of my hand. But there's something you need to stir it up. There are still things you need to do. Paul was investing in Timothy. If you look at the books, imagine you're writing to one person, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and all the things that he was writing because this, this man had a role, praise God, to play in the furtherance of the gospel. Praise the Lord. So, so it's very clear, like I was saying, that Lois and Eunice, he said that he didn't say, I'm persuaded about them. That word persuaded almost sounds like, well, I suspect and I believe. It hasn't been proven yet, but I, I, I suspect it should be in the, you know. He said that the unfeigned faith, that is the, say, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother and then thy mother. And he now say, I'm now persuaded too that it is in you. Amen. Praise God. So now Timothy, even though Timothy, I believe, has at this point had come into that faith residing in him because by this time he was already a student of scriptures right he was not just a student of scripture he was a student of the spirit he was a student of the spirit and every student of the spirit who has matured to a degree is also a student of faith Amen. He's also what? A student of faith. Now, if Timothy was born into 
a New Testament word of righteousness household, which is the evidences are suggesting that. I, and, I, this was, and he was also enjoying the ministration of a first-class apostle like Paul. I think his development, if it not, is not exactly tallying, but it should be somewhat close to the development of Jesus. Yeah. You get that? Because for him, there wouldn't have been a lot of chance for sin and death in his household. In his upbringing, we know what he was preoccupied with when he was a child. In chapter 3, told us of 2 Corinthians, we know how that form a child thou have known the Holy Spirit. And he didn't only know scriptures, he had already learned manner of life, he learned doctrine and manner of life. Paul spoke about all those things, you get that. Amen. So, from a child, now it means that, so, that somehow his, his childhood would have tarried almost coincided with also childhood in the spirit too. Do you agree? His childhood have also tarried, um, tallied in terms of the age. Then when he, was, he began to move into, into adulthood, by this time he must have, I think he was probably an adult, by Second Timothy, looking at the timeline, he was already an adult. He, I think by around 17 he was already pastoring. The historical records suggest that around 17 he was already a pastor. Of course, you know why he could be a pastor at 17, right? Because, number one, he's no longer a child. A 17-year-old is not a child anymore, right? He's already moving into, into adulthood. So, at the least, he can pastor a milk church. <laughs> right? At the very least, he can pastor a milk church. But I feel he could still pastor people who are children of meat, too. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? Now, so this guy was already a minister of the gospel. But Paul is writing to him about things. too. So Paul was still seeing that he, he was still... Because we know in the natural, if you look by Jesus' age, which we know aligned with the spiritual, because Jesus was endued with so much power that he overcame every force that could retard his spiritual motion. Right, you know, the problem with us is that we are growing old physically, but we are stagnating <laughs> spiritually. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe we can add 10 years to our years. We only added one hour to our spiritual age <laughs> in 10 years. Why? Because all the forces in this world, there are too many. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I, see, I see many of us picking up speed. I'm seeing speed. I'm seeing speed being, being given to many of us. Hey, praise the Lord. So, so, so we know Jesus, um, when Jesus was 20-something, although he was already, he already had stature, he was already a man in the spirit, right? He was already a man, but he, hadn't, he was not yet a perfect man. He hadn't moved into perfection yet. Praise God. It was when he got to around like 30 he became a perfect Messiah, a perfect Christ around that day. So that 30, and we see it from also the Old Testament, that age is also the age of priesthood as well. So that, that, that coincides with the age of maturity. So all things being equal, if everything was okay, when a, a person grows up under the right atmosphere, 
and they are developing and they get to the age of around 30, they should also be reaching maturity in Christ. Yes. They should also be reaching what? Maturity. Maturity in Christ. Yeah, because the physical models the spiritual. How you know is that what is the spiritual, what is the physical for? Right? What is the physical, in terms of how God designed by the age of 18, your, your brain has developed to a certain point. When you are 25, your brain has still not finished developing. It's around that 30, that's when the man's intellect really, is really, really developed. That early 30s, into mid 30s, that's the peak of development of the, of the mind. Yeah. And I believe that, that that man's development is according to what needs to be installed. And of course, God is not developing man for, so for engineering so he can go and do architecture or medicine and all that for natural <laughs> praise God and in, in our natural world they look at man's development and they try and align education with the age right when you are getting to the peak of education normally you should be around that 30 no, it's not bachelors it's not masters we are getting to PhD not just PhD an accomplished P doctoral fellow it's around that age. Too. So they, are, they also align because there are still things. If, they, if you learn, if you go, you go quickly into PhD, let's say at 25, you're already a PhD. 24, you're already a PhD. You'll be a PhD, but there are still parts of your brain that did not develop fully. So you learned that PhD with, without a fully developed brain. And there's no way you would have, you have the same mastery you would have had if you, had, if you waited till you were older to study those things that you study. You know, education is not just what you cram and what you know. It is the, the sophistication of, and the depth at which you process things. Sometimes that wide variety of depth doesn't come until you are older. Amen. Amen. It's around that age, that 30 something, that's when you really gain mastery of anything. If you like, if you rush, let's say you rush now, you want to go, I want to get married early, 22, I want to get married, get married at 22. From that age 22 to when you are getting to your 30s, you are still, you will just be doing, amen. What are you doing? You are, <laughs> you are still learning. <laughs> Amen. You, you, know, you can't, you cannot fast forward growth. As I am right now, how old am I right now? I just turned 32. <laughs> Amen. It's now, I'm now, now beginning to feel like, okay, you are, you're actually like a full human being that can go anywhere and stand and say, I'm a human being. <laughs> I didn't get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That before, there's still... So, you know, there's a way... You, if you are humble and, and sincere with yourself, you know, there are still things about life, about that I don't really... That I don't have the depth and maturity enough to fully grasp and comprehend. But there's an age you get to, that there's something about that age, around this age, that, you know... This is when you are really... You, you, you're moving into the perfection in terms of development as a man. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 
So, and, and you see that, that um, time of development, God, heaven, they are the one. It's not for your natural career or anything. It's not even for marriage. It's really to align with the, the, the seasons of development of, this, of the soul of a man. And which that's the spiritual development of a man. Does that make sense? Amen. So, so it's very clear that, so Timothy, he had this faith in him, but I, I believe he had it in a measure. He had this unfeigned faith in what? In a measure. In a measure. But that unfeigned faith has to now be, it has to be developed. It has to be, it has to develop and develop and till it blossoms fully. And it, it becomes the, it becomes we can, love, really. Or it becomes charity. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Until it becomes what? Charity. charity. Or it becomes love. Okay, let's read on. It says, and, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in, is in thee also. So wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by what? The putting on of my hands. That thou stir up the gift of God. That thou stir up the gift of God. Thou stir it up. Praise God. So this faith that he has been walking in has got into a point where he now needs to begin to stir up the gift of God on the inside of him. Amen. Now we know that the purpose of, of um, this faith, by the time faith starts, it becomes unfeigned. It means the faith is pure. That's the meaning of unfeigned faith. It means, it means pure heart. Amen. Amen. Now, the end of the commandment is not faith unfeigned. The end of the commandment is charity. But charity is out of a pure heart and faith unfeigned. That's First Corinthians chapter one. Sorry, First Timothy chapter one. Do you understand that? So the faith on faith is not qualifying charity in that word. It's qualifying pure heart. Does that make sense to you? It is pure heart and faith on faith. They are the same thing. Do you get that? Yes. So the fo- pure heart and faint on faint cause something called charity to spring out. So, and that springing out of charity is what you call the end of the commandment. So, what Paul was saying there is not that the end of the commandment is all these many things. He said it is charity. But they are telling you where charity must come from, the environment from where charity springs out from is called. Of a, a pure heart and faith unfeigned. So the word unfeigned means pure. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. The word unfeigned means what? Pure. The unfeigned means pure. Having purified your soul in obeying the truth unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See, they use the same word unfeigned, but they qualified love now. That love is charity. Amen. So, charity is not unfeigned faith. Charity is unfeigned love. But unfeigned love, right? You know, there's, there is love that is not unfeigned. Right? It's not charity. Charity means unfeigned love. That is a product of unfeigned faith. Or is a product of a pure faith. Or of faith that is out of a pure heart. Or the faith. Yeah, you see that? So, what you can realize deduce from this place is that Timothy doesn't, hasn't gotten into charity yet. But Paul has detected, is beginning to see purity of heart. That purity of heart which he began to see here is, are the things that Paul's, the first letter of Timothy, were addressing. To him, because he had he had journeyed in faith in the first first letter of Timothy. That's his no first letter of Timothy. He had journeyed in faith, but Paul was citing that there are still things about purity of faith that still need to be ministered to you. That was the book of First Timothy, where he began to speak about to him about con- good conscience. Am I correct? Let's read it. Let's read it. Good conscience. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love God's conversation towards us. How I many of you like this kind of conversation? You like when you come around and God is talking to you about your heart being pure and all. I don't know if you don't like this one. You like other things. Maybe God talk to you about what you need to get tomorrow. And amen. And other things. For me, I prefer this kind of conversation, eh? I, prefer, I, I want God to speak to me about my heart. I don't want God to leave my heart alone and be talking about other things. I want him to speak about, about my heart. Amen. And, and God is merciful to us. that, he, that he's, They are so particular. And you see this thing we are calling out of a pure heart, faith on faith, all these things. We are going to learn it too. Amen. <laughs> God will speak and speak and speak and speak. It will speak us out of the realm of where of impossibility, where we think is impossible. It will continue speaking until we begin to see it. It until it begins to beckon on us and knock on our door. This level of purity, and it will happen. It will happen. We'll get to a point where God will look upon the heart of some men on the earth and he sees purity. God, God will see men holding faith in purity. You know, there's pure faith. There's something that's one thing, amen. You know, one of the things that that I mean, the Lord took me through a journey before He brought word of righteousness my way. And by then I was a student of the word of faith. But if now I can characterize my feeling about the word of faith that triggered my dissatisfaction and moved me into a season of searching before I found this word, is this is that 
that word of faith, I had practiced it diligently, faithfully, but I knew it was not pure. Mm. It was not a pure faith. And to, for, for me to realize that the, God did some things, he had, to, he had to, for a season, make me taste the spirit. That's the spirit, of course, which was overseeing that, the milk of the word and the word of faith. But I could sense, smell the, the purity of the spirit was higher than the materiality that the faith was, was focused on. Do you, do you get me? Now, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how great the faith you used to get the money you got is. That mammon is still unrighteous. Jesus called it the unrighteous mammon. You can dress it how you want. You say, well, this money is just... I don't really care about the money. It's just to use the money to serve God. You know, that's how... After a while, you start thinking that way. Uh, You know, when the word of righteousness comes, it attacks the substance behind our faith. We begin to give excuses. No, no, no. Well, are we going to serve God without money? Are we going to live without? We need money for Christianity. You begin to bring those arguments, but you can argue all you want. It is unrighteous. Even after after you've gotten it and used it to do the work of God, it, in fact, there are still things that it passing through your hand left inside of you. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot handle unright. Even if it's for one millisecond. You can't, you can't handle an unrighteous mammon and it will pass through your hand and not drop some of his things. The only, uh, the only way that you can handle mammon and you not drop things is that you must have powers. You get what I mean? You, ca- you can have what? Powers that can... W- w- the powers of righteousness is able to sanctify mammon. Wow. Uh, hmm. uh. Like, like money. Money was not unrighteous in Jesus' hand. Yay. Money was right. When, he, when he, Jesus was the one handling it, it became a righteous something. Wow. <laughs> when money becomes righteous, it's only it has lost its power. Yes. In, other, in that you can get to a point where you can do without it. Like Paul said, to abase, to abound, it does it to me. It means nothing. I can abase. You know what I mean by that? It means that that thing has lost its power. If you can still say that, we need money to do Christianity. Mm. You, you, have not, you are not yet powerful. Mm. <laughs> Did you get that? You are not yet. There was, Jesus was different about it. When he went to send them out, he said, don't even take anything. Don't take cloth. Don't take... Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Praise God. So, so and, and the, the faith that can deal with things purely, it must be a highly potent faith. It's greater than just faith towards God or faith that can move mountains. It's called, it has to be a faith out of a pure heart. Do you get that? Should I tell you guys a secret? When they say unrighteous mammon, the unrighteousness of the mammon is not on the mammon. It's inside the heart of the man who is carrying the mammon. Right? In other words, when you say money corrupts, can corrupt a person, the corruption that corrupted the person is not the money they gave him. It's the corruption in his heart that, that cooperates with money. 
that corrupted the fellow. Because Jesus said it was, it was in that same teaching. It's not what goes inside. That is what comes out. Means means every defilement of a man is inside him. Praise the Lord. I, do you see that? But when that that heart, say pure heart, pure heart, when a heart becomes pure, it can handle anything. Paul said it. There's nothing unclean of itself. Amen. Amen. There's nothing what? There's nothing unclean of itself. Amen. Okay, so in this first Timothy chapter one, um, let, we can just pick a few verses. Um, you see that verse. So there are three things he mentioned here. Verse five, right? The end of the commandment is charity out of where a pure heart and of a good conscience and of what faith on faith. So you see those three offs. Offs. They are the things that charity comes out of. And those, you see those three things? They are, you call it a pure heart, good conscience, and of what? Of faith on faith. And these are the things that he was speaking to him about, to deal with these things. He began to make example in that chapter 1 of, let's see verse 18. Chapter 1, verse 18, he says that this, this charge I commit unto you, the son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a, what? a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. You see that? Which some having put away concerning faith. It means what they put away concerning faith was a good conscience part. So when you put good conscience away from faith, mm. the faith can never get to a point of being unfeigned. Mm. Right. What makes faith unfeigned is that you are handling faith with a good conscience. Praise God. So that having put faith and a good conscience, and now if you ask me, what makes conscience good? What is the thing that, that deals with conscience and make it good? It's called commandments. Praise God. How many of you know that that good, or if you take the opposite of good conscience, bad conscience, how many of you know that bad conscience is the, is the platform where the grave life is, is executed on? The life of the grave is lived out on the platform of an evil conscience. Or an evil conscience, an evil heart of unbelief that causes departure. That word departure means separation. is death. So death thrives upon an evil heart. So if you want to make someone come to life, commandments must come. Commandment is the quickener of the heart. Commandment quickens. Like I said, commandment is revelation. Right? It's, it must bring revelation to the heart to make the heart good. Make it, you have to impute goodness, right things. Amen. The, the voice of faith, praise God, to, quick, to command the heart until the heart journeys and journeys and journeys. And that, that heart must be journeying, holding a good conscience. Anybody who 
does not maintain their conscience, the the health of the conscience will make you will not arrive at this kind of faith that is unfeigned. And if you don't arrive at faith that is unfeigned, th- there won't be a blossoming of charity. When they have charity is something that after you've made all the wars of unrighteousness, you've warred against all unrighteousness, and the heart becomes pure, then charity begins, it begins to blossom like a flower. You know in the spring how a flower begins to come out. That's how charity begins to, to appear. Charity is not something you say, let's go and do charity today. There's something about charity. <laughs> is a fruit. Like love. He said love is a fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love. Right? Everything you can walk, you can let, but when it comes to fruit, you have to wait. The operation of getting fruit is waiting. There's nothing you can do for fruit to come. You've planted, you have pruned, you have watered, you've done everything. Fruit, where are you? You have to wait. But having done all the other things, like the due diligence that preceding to the time of waiting for the fruit to come, because the program of the fruit, what informs the fruit to come, is that circumstances have been met, things are okay. And it's time, that, that fruit coming out has something to do with even the weather, everything that determines how the fruit comes. Do you understand that? That's why there's a difference, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is not faith. It's love. And we say, ah, oh, but isn't that faith, faith, it's not even faith, it's called the faithfulness. <laughs> do you mean that? But you'd have thought, I want to say, foot of the did I mention faith, love? No. That faithfulness is not even faith. Mm-hmm. Per se, it's something else. Mm-hmm. There. All those things they mention love, joy, peace, long suffering, all those things, they are all higher than faith. Mm-hmm. Those things they mention as the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. There are things that, that appear in the heart after in due time. After faith has been obeyed properly with a good conscience. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? That's why you, so you can't jump faith journey. Say, okay, now we are going to love now. Let's go and be doing love. <laughs> Amen. You can't do that. You must obey the cause of faith. You must hold faith. Let's read this place. Verse 19. It says that holding faith... And a good conscience, you see that? That word hold means you don't let it go. Don't let it go. Amen. This is very important. I don't know. I feel something in my heart that's just timing here to keep saying this. Because maybe there's somebody who needs to hear this. That you need to hold faith and a good what is holding a good conscience? You must constantly expose your heart to be commanded. Do not hide your heart from commandment. Your, you know what commandment is? Is that that thing telling you, this is thing of dead men. Don't do it. Stop doing it. These are the things that yes, dead men do. These are not your things. These are the things of the grave. This attitude, this behavior. You know those yes, things? Sir. Those are commandments. Yes. Amen. You have to separate, they have to separate in the scripture commandment from faith or conscience dealings from faith. They have to bring that Paul through wisdom. 
Because Timothy is a young guy. You know, Paul is a master builder. He said he's a wise master builder. Yeah. He knows, he, kn- he knew what Timothy needs at this point in time. Imagine a guy who knows the scripture, who has learned all kinds of things. But Paul could cite him. Because Paul knows that there are prophecies concerning him. Right? He said that, I charge thee therefore, this charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, concerning, according to the prophecies, which went before on thee, so that, that thou by them might war, what? A good warfare. It means it's possible for you to war a warfare, but it's not good. When you war a warfare that's not good, you end up with a life that's not accurate with what is written concerning you. You know, you know this work is all about what is written concerning me. That's an, it's an attitude to have. It's, an, it's a healthy attitude to have as a Christian who is walking in the Spirit. What, what that means is that it's not that, let me just do the best I can anywhere I end up. It's okay. God doesn't see it that way. God is not like that. They will say, for example, that the Lamb of God, which was slain from the foundation of the world, they say, forever, O oh God, thy word is settled in heaven. There's a settlement with God. And every person has a settlement. There is a you that God has written. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it is that you that God wrote, that Holy Ghost has to read to know what to do with your life. The way Holy Ghost was reading what was written concerning Jesus, the volume of the book, and was bringing seasons, development to him. Jesus Christ had to say, Lord, I come in the volume. It is written concerning me. Lord, you know I come? So, amen. So it's not only Jesus he wrote things about. They won't write script about the head and not write about the body. Have you seen such a thing before? <laughs> amen. If they wrote about the head, who he will be, what he should become, his life, the, what he will fulfill, the will. You know, say body. body. The purpose of body is doing of will. Do you agree with me? Yes. Is what? When your mind tells you, less, it's time to wash plate. It doesn't matter how much your mind wants to wash plate. You can't go and wash the plate. Mind can't say, okay, buddy, you've been trying to sleep today. I'll go and get everything done. You can continue next tomorrow. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I, how many of you before? <laughs> You see, Paul would say the spirit is weakened, but it's, it's, it's willing, but what? Flesh is weak. And if flesh is weak, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. How many of you have been so weak about doing something before, but your body is just weak? Left to you in your mind, you've already finished doing it. But to even move the body and go and do ah, It doesn't matter how eager you are to do it. What happens? Hand must touch soup and sponge. Hand must touch on touch plate because if hand doesn't touch plate, the amen thought cannot. The plate will not agree to be clean. The plate is waiting for what body? Say body. Body. So body is the executor of will on the earth. It takes body. Sacrifices and that, that will that's not, but a body has thou prepared. Lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me to do thy way. 
So we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every man will appear, all of us, to receive, of course, reward of the things done where in the body. So the body is a doer of the wheels, an executor of the will. So the way that physical thing I just described, a play, that's how it is in the spirit. The reason for the body of Christ is the execution of the will of God. There's a reason why they didn't call the church the soul of Christ. <laughs> How many of you believe that? You know that when it comes to man, spirit, soul, body, they could have said, well, the body, the church is the spirit of Christ. You know, you know Mamu could have said that. That one even sound more spiritual. Yes, sir. <laughs> so when you get born again here, we are all added to the spirit of Christ. We are added to the, you know, it sounds spiritual, like it sounds accurate, but it's not true. You are not the spirit of Christ. Neither are you the soul of Christ, but you are the body. That word means you are the executor of Christ. The doer. Who will do Christ on the earth? You have to prepare a body. It's the body of Christ who will do it. Do you understand that? Amen. <laughs> so, there's no way they will write what the head should do in the volume of the book in the way, and they won't write what the body should do and we know we are all members of of god's body members in particular of the body do you, do you understand that so all of us in our christian walk I and mean, you can say that well i know that thing sounds very special though i come in the volume of the book you know, ah, yeah, Jesus was special. Now he came to die for all mankind. You know, God decided it from the foundation of the world. This is what he will do. So there's a way you can see that and say that is Jesus' thing. You don't see how they can, there can be something written concerning you that you have to do in your own time on the earth. Amen. Amen. So, but for each one of us, there are things written concerning us. Amen. And those things are is important for a soul to have that attitude of fulfilling what heaven has designed for them to fulfill at their time on the earth. And one of the key, one of the important parts of it is that issue of how they get us and they move us on the path of our journey is the issue of commandments, commanding the heart. The purpose, of, the purpose of faith is so that the soul can gain access to commandment. Amen. Amen. The purpose of what? Faith. Faith gives access to the to commandments. So that is, is the reason for faith work, for faith, is faith is so that the soul can be commanded. The heart can be commanded. So if you hold faith, but you are not receiving the commandments of faith, you won't be journeying. You won't be making motions. You won't be making, you know, the correction that faith speech is supposed to bring about. Praise God. 
if you are not doing it, you won't experience motions. Are we making, have I emphasized this enough? Okay. So he says, holding faith and a good conscience, right? Which some having put away concerning faith have made what? A shipwreck. And of whom is Emmanuel and Alexander, of whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to what? To blaspheme. Praise the Lord. Um, so, so in this book of First Timothy, if you have time, go and read it very well. See, um, the conversation of First Timothy is a conversation of purity. It's how to get a soul who is on the path of faith to become pure in their heart, in their conscience. Paul did a lot of work. He, in chapter 4, he began to give examples of people who, had, who did not hold faith with a good conscience. Let's read from verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1, 1 Timothy. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, that this latter time is not like end time day. It's what latter times of what is this? Say? Latter times of soul's journey. Right? In the latter times of a soul's journey, that some shall depart from the faith. So, so what, what Paul is talking about, Paul was not writing to the church or something. Paul was writing to Timothy. He was telling him something. A lot of things that Paul wrote here are specific things. He was still teaching to Timothy. Amen. Amen. Paul wasn't saying that at some later time, many believers will depart from the faith. No. What Paul was saying is that he was looking at Timothy's soul and Timothy was joining in faith. He's saying that at later time of faith, there are some men, when they get to that time, they will depart from the faith. He was dealing with the tendency, the possibility of that word departing from the faith is what he calls shipwreck in chapter 1 verse 19. To make a shipwreck of the faith. Amen. Amen. So he's, telling, he's showing him the mistake that some may, will make. And it's trying to make him not know not to make that mistake. That they will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and then having their conscience what seared with a hot iron. Praise God. Having their conscience. So you see, he's speaking about the conscience again here. Praise God. Okay, so now going back to Second Timothy. Praise God. Second Timothy now. In Second Timothy, I believe Timothy must have heeded to the teaching, the season of the writings of Paul. I don't know, maybe it's not all Paul told him. It's possible Paul must have really dealt about this. Possible Paul must have, might have called his mother, his grandmother, and said, look, these are the things I need to talk to him concerning. Possible that they've dealt with him a little, and he has walked a little. But now in, in 2 Timothy, praise God, he's no longer dealing particularly about the purifying of his faith anymore. 
he's now talking about another operation that he needs to come into, which is what should come out of faith. The end is beginning to speak about the end of the commandment, which is that charity that should come out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of what faith and fame. Praise God. It says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the, the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Do you know that charity is also a, a gift of God? When you hear the word gift of God, they, they speak of different things. There is eternal life, which you know that's a gift of God, is eternal life. But you know, life is also a gift of God. Jesus said, I came that you may have life. You may have it more abundantly. Two things. I came that you may have life. You have it more abundantly. But when he came, he did come by himself. He was giving. When Jesus said, I came, what it really means is that they gave me to you. Jesus never, he didn't come. There is no coming of Jesus without being given. So that his coming means I was given. Because John chapter, um, amen, 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son. Right? That those who believe in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Amen. Are you seeing that? So when you speak of gifts of God, that word of, gift of God, there is the gift of God with eternal life, but there is also the gift that is from God, but is of God. Do you get that? Yes, there is a gift that is just the gift of God. It means what he gives. when you have God, you have this. But that's the gift of Himself. That's, that's eternal life. The gift of Himself is eternal life. That's the gift of God. But there is a gift from God. It's not just a gift from God. But it is a gift from God that is of God. If you want to say what is the gift from God, is Christ is the gift from God. All of Christ is the gift from God. But there is a, out of that gift from God, there is a portion of Christ that is of God. That in Christ is part, it is of, it is of God. It's the part of Christ that, has become, that is becoming godly. Does that make sense? The part of him that is becoming, that has come into, the, begin to touch the nature of godliness. Does that make sense? So that gift that is of God, from God that is of God, is is the gift of his son. Amen. Amen. So, that portion of the gift of God, Paul is saying, Timothy, stir it up. Stir it up. Yes. 
stir up the gift. Now, of course, you've been enjoying the gifts of Christ. That faith is also Christ, which that unfeigned faith is actually the it's an installation of a pure conscience is Christ in a man. It's actually major. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's actually a formation, a, a kind of a formation of Christ. When you say a man has a pure conscience, hey, <laughs> praise God. A pure conscience is the conscience of Christ. A man has a conscience of Christ. Praise the Lord. So, but that thing now is there's also now something that is latent that must be stirred up, which is the gift of God. Praise God. Now, the gift of God, the Christ portion of that is the gift of God, is the part of Christ that connects God. Is the part of Christ that what? That connects God. How many of us believe that? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So that part that anything God, God, say God, God, is something must happen before the word God opens up. Both the God in Christ and the God that Christ leads to. That the thing that precedes God is called purity. Mm. Purity. You see that? A pure heart. Right? Pure heart without which no man shall see God. A pure heart. And that how you achieve purity of heart is what? Is faith and what? Commandment or a good commandment. is. You must be handling faith, but then now begin to give heed to commandments. Commandments of faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's see what he says here. That you stir up the gift of God, which is indeed by the putting on of my hands. Amen. Mm-hmm. The gift of God has indeed by the putting on of my hands. And verse 7 says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a word. The sound mind. Now, the praise God. Paul, sorry, yes, Paul is referencing the when you take, I said the gift from God, means what God has, God has given. Okay? That's what they are speaking about in chapter 7, verse 7, here. 
Praise God. What God has given. What God has given. And he's breaking them down. You see, what God actually gave, uh, it means what spring out of him. What, what God really gives is spirit. Because he's the father of spirits. Spirits. And the, he, he broke down three spirits. He said, as opposed to the spirit of fear. You know, we spoke about that fear thing before. Uh-huh. Then, but he's saying that he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us three spirits. Three spirits. The first one is called the spirit of power. Say spirit of power. power. There's what you call the spirit of power. Spirit of power. Spirit of power. Praise God. The spirit of what? Of power. Then there's something that's called the spirit of love. These are spirits in God that God can give birth or God can father. By father means it comes out of him. Spirit of power. Spirit of love. Praise God. Then there's last one, last one called the spirit of a sound mind. The spirit of a sound mind. That one spirit of a sound mind is the ultimate spirit of God. Is a summation spirit. Say sound. Sound. What's the meaning of sound? The word sound means perfection. Yes. Sound means perfect resonance alignment. It is sound. You can't, it's, the word sound means flawless. It is flawless. <laughs> Praise God. No, there is no place you can find such a mind. It's God. The word sound mind is the mind of God. And Every other mind are leading. That's what you call the mind of Christ. You know the mind of Christ? Check. They explain the mind of Christ in Philippians chapter 2. And that's what that mind of Christ, that mind of Christ is not a sound mind, but it is a mind that should be in you. And then I explained what about this mind is important. You know, so that it's a mind that came from God, that, that leads back to God. Philippians chapter 2. Right, let his mind be you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who what? Being form of God. Counted it not robbery to be equal with God. But it what? Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form. That's all sound mind. <laughs> right? And then what? Sinful flesh. Uh-huh. Being found in fashion as a man. 
He humbled himself unto death, even. Then therefore has God highly exalted him in name, far above every other name, that at the mention of that name, every name, knees in heaven, knees on earth, knees beneath the earth. Are you seeing that? Praise God. So you see all those things they mentioned that he did. Those things are when you when you learn the sound mind, it's called the mind of Christ. Mm. Christ is a man who can do such those things. Mm. No other mind is a mind. Say mind. mind. The way they use mind here, don't think of brain. Okay. <laughs> what does it mean of mind? Mind just means a way of mm, think what I'm thinking is mind means means the what results in a cause of action. Mm. Mind means the the calculation, the the background thing that must be present that produces causes of action. So when they say mind of God they're talking about brain neurons and all that. They're talking about <laughs> they are talking about what is inside him, what is his constitution that makes him do God, that makes him behave as God. That's that's the mind of a God. Don't think of something inside the brain, just think of a an arrangement. Do you get that? Now there's also something now called the mind of Christ that results in that those kind of actions. Men, man's mind cannot do those things that they listed in Philippians chapter 2. They began to just list them. Right from how he came down, counted it not robbery, counted it not robbery, and then he, he explained everything. Praise God. And after that, the purpose of the, 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 the reason why a man must have the mind of Christ is so that he can be exalted by God. Does that make sense? Amen. So, it means that we have to come into the full mind of Christ. But after coming to the mind of Christ, there's another mind. It's called the sound mind. <laughs> it's called the sound mind. Amen. So, but in order to, to install these things in men, you must send spirits. That's what God sent, really. God sent spirit. The first spirit is spirit of power. Now, these three spirits are the spirits that bring a man into the things of God. Or that brings a man into the gifts of God. There is the first spirit. It's called the spirit of power. And that word for the spirit of power is the spirit of faith. These are spirits which a man must transact with, deal with. You must have dealings with the spirit. The spirit will deal with you and deal with you until it possesses you. It takes, it's culture. The purpose of spirit is to culture, to impute, to install. The purpose of spirit is to take a thing, make it something else, true and true. Amen. 
The purpose of spirit is to bring forth, to bring about authenticity of transformation. Authentic transformation. Now, if you try and transform anything without spirit, you can, it will be behaving like it, but it's a lie. It's just, it can be acting out. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, That's why you have, when, it, when you have religion without spirit, you have men who are behaving nice, but they are wicked. Yeah. You have men who are behaving like God, but they are like, they are like, really like the devil inside. That is what, that's what you call, that's culturing without spirit. But, so when God came, God's gift is not religion. It's not do's and don't. That's not God's gift. God's gift is what can bring about true transformation. It's called spirit. Only spirit can do that. Can do that. Amen. So that's what, that's why, that's what God gave is spirits. Spirits for culturing. Spirits for development. Spirits for transformation. Amen. Amen. So no, no soul can come into power without the spirit of power. No soul can come into love without the spirit of love. No soul can come into soundness of mind without the spirit of a sound mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you see this spirit of power, we've, we spoke a little bit about that spirit of power, right? We've, we've spoken about faith. And we said that the purpose of faith is commanding. Right? The spirit of faith is the spirit of faith is it is for commanding. Okay? Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Fantalia Pano Fedies Korean Fetrodon Padiano Sedion Fadlen Paranos de Pidino To me and to open he fed to bring upon you on to pro open piano for the to me calonomos is a prendulia prodivan attend to ye and tama opening is his spirit ye to the finicano Korean as his spirit ye to know Hamanonta and Sosunian, Tamani, Kamano Cobria, Kamano Cobria, Kamana Kabila, Comine, Kamano, Kamleno, Kamleno Comina, Kamleno Kamleno, Kamleno Kamleno, Kamleno Comina, Kamleno Comina, Kamano, Kamino Susto, Foto, 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 Fete, Feste, Fetum, Foto, Faran, Soren, Feren, Sovereign, Elbran, Soria, Perina, Karana, Karin, Karana, Karina, Karana, Karina, Karana, Karina, Karana, Karina, 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 Carole, 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 Serena, Carole, Camelo, Shameno, Camelo, Mono, Mono, Potomo, Mono, Potomo, 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 Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. For a soul to to access to access God, because God is of course is a spirit. God is not. It didn't say a. He said God is a spirit. All right. Amen. Now. To access him, these spirits must have been encountered by soul. You know, access to God doesn't begin from the milk of the word, right? Access of, to, to God begins from, of course, you must have had dealings in the arena of power. It is the the realm of power is the one you, you climb into. And the word power means it's power for God. Like, like divine power for the divine nature is the empowerment of a soul. Every soul must be empowered to access God. When, when there is still separation in a soul, the division, alienation between a soul, of a man and God is because that soul hasn't been sufficiently decked with power. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? Yes, hasn't, the soul hasn't come into enough power. It takes power to begin to, to think God, mm-hmm. to accept God's thoughts, to stay in God's arena where God's things are being shared. It takes power. The soul must have received power. And the, the minister of power is the spirit of power. Praise God. So these are these are other these are further operations of the spirit. See, everything is spirit. <laughs> when, when, you get, when you get born again, it's, a, it's really a spirit business. The inheritance is about inheritance of spirit in different dimensions, different levels. Praise God. You start first with just the just the Holy Spirit in its closed up form. Where he doesn't the Holy Spirit that you begin with, praise God. The Holy Spirit that you begin with is spirit that has not begun to relay or show what he is carrying. He just brings his person to you when you get born again. I'm the Holy Spirit. I am that old person. He will shower you with his gifts and everything, right? And he begins, he can speak to you, he can talk to you, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yes. But you see that person that's speaking to you, that can talk to you and tell you, go and buy this cloth, don't buy that cloth, wear this one, go here, do this one, enter this bus. That, that, that spirit that's saying those things, that is, that, if he can say those things to you, he can say other things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Are you getting me? Yes, sir. So when you see Holy Spirit, He's just a person mm -hmm. who can do many things. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you start, you start, you know, so you see, the, the teacher of the milk of the word is the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> you agree? It's yes, actually the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You check it. Growth in the milk of the word is according to measure of spirit. Yes. God, you have to get born again, yeah. fill you with the Holy Ghost. Yes. That Holy Spirit is the one who will teach the milk. So there is the spirit of the milk, if I can use that way. Or the spirit of faith towards God. The spirit of love towards the saints. Right? Pope wrote it clearly in Ephesians chapter 1 and in Colossians. But then we saw it play out in Acts. How without... <laughs> right? According to fullness of spirit, we're seeing more attributes of faith towards God, love towards the saints in some people who were full of the spirit than in others who didn't have that fullness. So when you see a Holy Spirit man, you will see he has those attributes. He has faith towards God. He has love towards the saints. So you see, everything in God is carried by an administration of the spirit. And every Christian is under a particular administration of the Spirit yes, or the other. Yes, and if we are not skilled, trained to cooperate with an administration of the Spirit, mm -hmm. you cannot receive what that administration is administering. Yes, yeah. It's like you say, I want to pray faith toward God. You're not, you're not interested in anything spirit. You're just doing... Yeah. You know that, do you know that PowerPoint guys cannot pray faith towards God? Yes, you check it. Yeah. Wait, they always, they always, they, you see gimmicks at the back, back. Yeah, yeah. And because I, I, I stayed in milk for a while, I saw all kinds of things in milk, all kinds of ministers of milk. <laughs> you see ministers who try to portray the same kind of things that some men who walked in the spirit have have, mm -hmm. but they do it in a clean way. It's just this one. Think about this idea that you know. Amen. It's ideological. Yeah. But when you check it, you don't, it's not the, of the spirit. Mm -hmm. When you check, they are calculating, they are doing things yes, to, to make things happen. You get what I'm saying? Yes, mm. that, that really, faith towards God is not in operation. Mm. Yeah. So you cannot have faith in the Lord Jesus, love towards the saints, without yeah. the administration of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that is a portion for meek level. Yes, it will sir. never work. You can't produce those things. Yeah. You must be in the spirit. You must be a spirit person yeah. to have faith. You see faith that moves mountain? Yeah. Without spirit, you can't, no mountain will move. You can't say, okay, I'm born again. Yeah, it's my right to move mountain. Mountain will not move. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when a man who has inherited the spirit, Holy Ghost, who is coming to full, as he's coming, mountain is moving. Uh, do you get because he, he because he has come into the allocation of spirit yeah, for that administration, that dimension yeah. of God. Does that make sense? Yes, so everything in our work is spirit administered. It's just a matter of okay, what administration of spirit are you under, mm, yeah. right? And then it's not a matter of how do you gain skill in the spirit to come into what that administration wants to deliver. Yes, 
to a man. Anybody who wants to learn charity without the, <laughs> the spirit of love, you can't. Same thing, I was trying to walk in the faith of the Son without the spirit of power or the spirit of faith. You know, someone can compile all of righteousness messages. I say, what is, what is this word self that these people are teaching? What is this word? And I say, okay, this is what the word is about. It's about believing this, believing that, this scripture, that scripture, that scripture. You can compile it and write a syllabus. And say, I'm not going to take this syllabus and be using it in my church. And you just say, let's go and be doing it. You know, it's called that it's not syllabus that produces <laughs> what? Faith, what? Sanctification. Righteousness. All those things. The things that are making men unholy are spirits caked in men. PowerPoint presentation cannot remove it. So, you now discover that if you now take all those word of righteousness messages, let's say messages of the faith of the Son, and you just begin to teach them without the spirit of power. In other words, the, you, know, you know this, this ministration is a spirit that must be doing it. And in this area, it's one area you can easily get, you can easily become, you can easily get disgraced very easily. Because this is the holy realm. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> now, let me, let me try and explain a little bit about this spirit of power. You see, most of what I will explain, you're already, you already seeing it to a level. We're already experiencing it. But the spirit of power is a speaking spirit. Or the spirit of power or the spirit of faith. Which is that first one. Praise God. Is a what? Is a speaking spirit. Is a is a speaking spirit. Is a spirit of much speaking. Is a spirit of what? Much speaking. Much speaking. Power means, I've said it before, power means influence. Power means to, to change understanding and to change perception. It is a, it's actually, those powers of such things, the power of speaking. It's in, it's in speaking that you, you, you have, you execute or it's in speaking that you exercise power. To, to speak means to win over. Win over the, the heart. Win over the resolve. Win over the inward constitution. And that's the spirit of faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a place Paul speaks about the spirit of faith. In, I think, 1 Corinthians or, sec, or let me see, 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 4, I think he, he makes mention sorry, no? Yeah, is it first? Yeah, 
Is it four? Second Corinthians four verse what? Thirteen. Okay, read it. What does it say? We having the same spirit of faith. Uh huh. According as it is written, yes. I believe, yes. and therefore have I spoken. Have I spoken. Okay. We also believe, uh-huh. and therefore we speak. And therefore we speak. Praise God. One of the the the, the main one of the main characteristics of the spirit of faith when it's present is a generation of utterance. Is is what? Is generation. Is for is for speaking. What, what verse did you read just now? That's verse thirteen. Verse thirteen. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, when when Paul was saying we have the same spirit of faith, he was speaking as a minister, mm-hmm. right? Yes, sir. Praise God. Verse twelve. So then, death worked in us, but life in you. Right in verse chapter four, verse one, he was saying, "We have this ministry; we receive mercy, we faint not, and all." Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Now, in verse thirteen, it says that we have the same spirit of faith, yeah. according as it is written, "I believed, and therefore have I spoken." So we also believe, and therefore what? Speak. Speak. Praise God. Yeah. It says that knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up, raise raise up us also by Jesus. And shall then what present us with what you so, and that what and that way for the spirit of faith is the spirit of resurrection. Mm-hmm. They are the same. Mm-hmm. The spirit of resurrection. We saw faith is who brings from the grave, yeah. right? Yeah. So in the season of faith, it's also season of commandment. Is yeah. speaking yeah. to yeah. command to speak. Yeah. Those are the powers of resurrection. Mm-hmm. So. What is Paul was talking about? He's talking about what the spirit that is predominantly operating in us, in Paul, I know for sure, only the main spirit that Paul was a carrier, his apostolic mantle was woven with the fabric of the spirit of power. Right? The, that's what Jesus was telling him, you know, when he encountered him. Right? Praise God, I now to do I now send you to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sin, inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. So his apostolic mantle, when you check it, is a mantle of the spirit of power. He said that's a kind of apostolic mantle. That wasn't John's mantle. John's apostolic mantle was a mantle woven with the spirit of love. Amen. Amen. It was what? Woven with what? The spirit of love. Jesus' own apostolic mantle is the spirit of a sound mind. That was his own when you, when you wear him. Because he was the first apostle. Right. That one is the spirit. Not only Jesus has that, 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 that apostolic mantle. Right. So after John wrote to a point, he now has, they now have to use him and keep him. No, John finished all his apostolic ministry. He still kept him in in one place for years so that it can just be a channel where they would download where the other apostle who doesn't have a body at the moment on the earth can use his through him to download his own writing praise god so when you see the book of revelation for example he doesn't need to write 10 books just one book because of soundness of mind 
what wrote the book of uh, Revelation is the mind of God. It's a sound mind that both wrote the epistle. So when you see epistle of a sound mind, uh, praise God, or a man who has an, an apostolic mantle that is woven by a sound mind, that's what you saw Jesus is here. The prophetic accuracy, the prophetic the power the, of every, <laughs> every word. Amen. So you see, he's another class of apostle, higher than John, higher than Paul. When you see Paul, Paul needed even fewer letters than John. Because Paul was sounder. Sorry, John was sounder. John needed fewer than Paul. But John, in terms of the kind of spirit, was sounder than who? Paul. John was sounder. Say sound. What John can say in two verses, Paul might need maybe one chapter to explain that kind and then we explain it to a level. Praise God. But John can use a short, it's just a short because of his, the power, what is coming from his mind. He can use a more, more concentrated thought. Amen. Because he's, he's, of, he's speaking with a higher mind. Amen. Now, now listen, I'm not talking about who the men were. You know what I mean? I'm talking about what they are anointed to minister. Their own man. I, I know their, their letter came from their ministerial office. And it has to be so. Paul should not be speaking like John. Otherwise, we won't be able to who know, know anything. Imagine that. Let's move all Paul's letter. We just started from First John. You would just be, would just be there. Ah, nice guy. Wow, love. He's talking about love. Let us all love each other. That's all we'll be saying. We will have no. We will never have any concept that is a deeper thought. The reason why you can read John and see a deeper thought is because you've read Paul. Because you have, because of the operation of the spirit of power, the spirit of power empowers the heart to. Hear the spirit of love. Praise God. So, so here, this Second Corinthians chapter four, you see that we we have in the same spirit of faith, right? So that that's their ministerial spirit. See as. It's written, I say, I believe, therefore have I spoken, that we also believe, and therefore speak. So that, this, this spirit of faith is a generator of speech, of, generator of speech of, of words, amen, of commandments, of writings. Amen. amen. So primarily, that's what the spirit of power is. Primarily, the spirit of power is the spirit that generates what? Words. 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 Faith arena is word arena. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hear it by the word of God. But there is something called the spirit of love. If 
I say, if I went to write Romans chapter 10, but instead, of, instead, instead write about love, not faith, I will not say, instead of saying faith coming by hearing, I might say, love coming by doing. What hearing and speaking is to faith is what doing is to love. The spirit of love is a doing spirit. Now, does it mean when you are in faith, you are not doing? No. <laughs> you must be doing. Of course, you have to be doing. If you are, if you are not doing, you are not really hearing. Are you getting me? I, I was hearing Reverend preaching the other time. He was saying that anytime somebody is walking or doing things, you are actually action. You say action and words. But it's just the say action speaks louder than words. So they are the same kind of thing. It's just that it's another higher speaking. Are you getting me? Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so, so don't, don't come as asking me a question. Ah, does it mean we'll stop hearing? We'll not start doing? No. <laughs> In love, there's still hearing. But the, the weight of the balance. You won't stop hearing. You'll still be hearing seriously. But it's a spirit. There is more of emphasis on doing. The spirit of love emphasizes doing. And the reason why he can come and start emphasizing doing is because you have heard and heard and heard and heard. And you are still hearing. It's like the spirit, you don't stop hearing. You don't even, you don't even decrease in hearing. You, to me, I feel like you even increase too. <laughs> but the... Amen. I love the way... James, <laughs> I love what James said. He said, Do not be hearers. He didn't say, Do not be hearers, but become doers. He said, Do not be hearers only. What it means that, Do not be hearers only, it means add to your hearing, doing. So, the spirit of love is the spirit that adds doing to hearing. Am I making sense to you? Now, when we're talking about hearing, doing, what are we talking about? We're not talking about doing things, though. Yes, we're, talking about, we're, we're talking about the process. Paul was explaining how to stir up the gift of God. We're talking about a particular kind of hearing, particular kind of doing for something, for a specific purpose. It's for the, to connect the gift of God. So, the spirit of... Let's go back to that second... Amen, time is gone. So, rounding up. Thank you, Father. Thank you. The second Timothy... 
chapter chapter one, right? Praise God. Since for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what is sound mind. So are you seeing the, this progression of spirits? These are just progression of administration of spirits, which so should come under at different levels. There's a time when a soul will be under the spirit of power. That season is a serious hearing season. If you, if you hear and you, you still get tired of hearing, you still have a lot to do. This spirit of power still has a lot to accomplish in you. The spirit of power makes a soul here and here and here until the soul becomes dead in hearing. What I mean by that is that the soul no longer has a feeling of the, of encumbrance with words. I mean, words that quicken no longer encumber the soul. When that happens, <laughs> you are now a hearer. Do you get do you get to say hearer? Yeah. It's not a word as listening to to it's as listening as a hearer. There's someone who is a list can be a listener. You just so you listen you listen, okay, I listen, and you can listen, then stop listening for like six months. Then come back to continue listening again. It's okay, you start, you start like that when you are being introduced, but you are not you're not a hearer yet. You're not a hearer. When you say this one now is a hearer, this is a hearer soul. It's that hearer soul that James was actually speaking of. People who come here today, go tomorrow here today. That James is not for you. You're not even James is not because James was saying, "Do not be hearers only." Means you're already a hearer, <laughs> and to be a hearer is not a small thing. No? If you if you can see the stature of a hearer in the spirit. The statue of a hearer is a faith being. They have faith. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. They are faith statues. Faith statues are hearers. When you see this man is a faith man in the spirit, this is a hearing man. He doesn't. He, he has become one with hearing. You know, when hearing is still cumbersome, it's because the soul hasn't settled under the spirit of power yet. You are, and you have to keep fighting, worrying, keep worrying, keep worrying. Because that, as you are hearing, that hearing is dealing with the conscience. Right? Hearing. Hearing. Praise God. You know it was heart that was making when God <laughs> what was the problem with Israel in the wilderness? It's hearing. <laughs> the the words were wearying them. The way God's words weary us sometimes. Hey God, you want to kill me? What is all this? Small, small now. Small, small now. 
Small, small. I mean, some words can even run away. You just maybe you just come and just hear one that will just offend you for the next two months. You are offended, before you cannot deal with your heart again. Come back. All kinds of reactions to so you know God's word makes so react differently. <laughs> all, kind, all kinds of different reactions, but and the reaction is based on what has been done in the soul, what the devil has done. You know, devil is also a speaker too. God has tuned us that we always hear the word. Just constantly. When the word is speaking, you are just very clear. It's just normal. It How many of us get triggered by the word? Why did the word say that? We don't get triggered. It's only God that triggers us. I have a, after the preach preaching, you wait behind. You have your notes. You have everything. Praise God. So, amen. Praise God. I've preached before and then I felt like running away. <laughs> because after, because of the faces. <laughs> I didn't just feel I have strength to ask the question. Amen. Why, but when, when the world is talking, it, you can't hear, nobody is triggered, no, nothing. It's, just, it's like music to the ears, just normal, nothing. Because of something that's been done to us. Many of us are hearers of the world. We hear it constantly. But when God starts talking, hey, there are some souls that when you are hearing some message, I see they are beating you. You might as well just start crying because of what they are saying, what is being said. It's, unless it's a sign of commandment, means they are commanding the heart, telling the heart what to change, removing the bad things. That make the heart bad. That make the heart impure. Amen. So what Satan has put inside the heart is what it creates an evil heart of unbelief in departing. And should I tell you something? If, let's say, around that mountain, God was not speaking, they would be okay. They would just come. Okay, God, what do you want for us? We'll do anything you want, we'll do it. Even if God doesn't say anything, they will just add their own imagination. Like we assume that God wants to do this. Amen. Everything will be going fine. No problem at all. I wonder if they will thank Moses. Moses, thank you for bringing us here to this mountain. We are very glad that we came. Amen. Amen. But what caused problem? Just because they were hearing, they call it the voice of words. What was being said wasn't, was causing problems. And, and speaking always caused problems. To so, because they are, it's the words of God. It's not the words of men. Do you understand that? Do you get that? You get that? So, so some of us who are finding it hard to hear, don't be too discouraged. The reason why you are finding difficulties is because what is being said is attacking formations. It's attacking evil works that has been done on the inside. You get that? So what we should do is continuously surrender. To one point where we can become hearers. Then when you become a hearer, then another spirit wants to now begin. They will now begin to tell you, okay, don't be hearers only, but be a doer. Someone who is a hearer is has a blessing. There's a blessing of hearing. Yes. There's a blessing of hearing. And when you become a hearer, after a while you begin to see the dividends of hearing because you become a person of power, even on the earth. Praise God. You're not an ordinary person. 
A hearer is not an ordinary person anymore. Means a hearer is a soul that the heaven has tuned to hear God. You, you get that? It's a, it's a soul that by virtue of a lot of warfare has been tuned to be alive. Praise God to... Then you see the, the, those churches say, hey, you what an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying. Spirit is saying. To the Spirit, the Spirit is saying. He was an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Praise God. He was an ear, let him hear. So, you see that hearing, to be a hearer, to be a hearer, means you've developed ears that can constantly hear. Somebody who is not a hearer can never be a lover. You can never be. Because the, the frequency of love, what, the, what love, love conversation, is not something that you tune out of and come back. Mm-hmm. There is a way love is, a, so, is somebody who is constantly tuned to the spirit that they can, they can give the, they can impart the love nature into. Because where, how they form love nature in a person? It's love nature is formed in a soul that has rested in purity. Yeah. It's somebody that iniquity doesn't really easily wake them up yeah. anymore because of a pure heart. Yeah. Then when, when you now see that pure heart is there, you now see they can now begin to talk about love because love conversation can easily be broken. It is too foreign. Yeah. I don't know if I'm using my words very rightly. It is too, it is too spiritual that it can easily be, you can easily cut off from it. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they begin to secret love attitude to the heart, you get what I'm saying? Yes, it's a heart who has already rested in faith and has become pure in that silence of purity. The voice of love speaks to his soul. I don't know. I believe Holy Ghost will have to characterize what I'm trying to say. You mean love attitude? Love attitude and character is not an active soul. That's too active. When I act, I'm active. It means Kai. It's not easy to do love. You'll be breaking love. When they see a lot of busyness in the soul, I mean this kind of love of Christ that we're talking about. We should, we should blossom. The tutoring of the spirit of love is a, is a culturing for pure souls. For pure souls, Amen. 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 Who are pure souls? Those who have been cultured by hearing. Hearing and hearing. Praise God. They, they've done the work of faith. The work of faith is mainly a work of hearing. It involves doing. But the, the real season is a season of hearing. Hearing, 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 hearing. After a while, the spirit of love begins to speak. Say spirit of love. Spirit of love. Amen. Amen. Like Jesus, right? 
Jesus' kind of love, the kind of love he was able to show, like loving Judas. Jesus can never love Judas if he has not been hearing most of his life. One thing of a one thing that the that making you a hearer, one of the main purpose of making you a hearer is that it when you are you hear and hear and hear and hear and hear until you become a hearer. When you become a hearer, they have deadened your response to other voices. All the other voices are what makes men break love commandment. So. A soul that hasn't been deadened to other voices can never be a lover. Imagine Jesus wasn't dead to other voices. It means, it means he hasn't journeyed to a point where he only hears from above. Imagine, imagine all kinds of thoughts, things that would have been speaking to him about Judas. He would never be able to love him. <laughs> what stops us from loving? With the kind of love, you see, they describe charity, hope at all things, believe at all things, keep no account of wrong. What? what do you mean not keeping account of wrong if you are still hearing the world? The world will remind you every day of the account. You don't, you don't even need to keep it. The world will keep the account and be reminding you every day of, of the wrong that has been done to you. Why? Because you still hear the world. You still hear the voice of a stranger. Are you getting me? Are you seeing what hearing does to his soul? And without attaining at that state, you can't begin to move into the arena of love, where you can love from a place of rest without being disturbed anymore. Praise God. Are we making sense? You you now begin to wonder, why did the Ephesian church abandon the first love? Why did they leave their first love? They left it. They did some things and they, they still left it. It means that they hadn't settled fully. Amen. Um, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I will bless today. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, any questions? No? Um, I think we can just... Thank God. Just we gonna thank thank the Lord and just pray. Um, there are there are a lot of dealings with we still need to come into, even with the spirit of power, the spirit of faith. Mandali Kaya Libaron of Stephanus. 
Let's begin to pray. We have come into more dealings. More dealings. Deeper dealings. Deeper dealings. Stronger dealings. With the spirit of faith. Parika. Amen. I want us to pray. I want us to pray that you see the the administration of the spirit of faith. I think in particular that's where my heart is pulled to to pray concerning. Um, I want us to come because it's an administration of the is a season, an administration. I want us to pray. We have not yet gone as deep into Him as we could go. We need to. We've not gone deep into the spirit of faith as we could go. There is more depth in His administration, in both individually and corporately over us. And you see, the manifestation of that will be in the weight of speaking and hearing that will begin to happen let's begin to pray for a greater administration of the spirit of faith among us within us and among us there are people who need baptism into it there are people who have been baptized into his administration that for such there will be an entrance. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, we bless your name tonight. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your speaking. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you for utterances. Thank you, Lord, for opening up to us tonight. Thank you for bringing insight. Thank you for bringing light, bringing understanding. And Father, thank you for also impartation of spirit that has occurred and is still occurring and which will continue to occur. Holy Spirit, you are the minister of these things. You are the one who, who brought them, who showed them, who opened them, who has brought the revelation, who even gave the utterance to, to preach them, to teach them. 
Holy Spirit, it's your message. I pray you come and continue to minister this message in the hearts of your people. Father, may the weight of it be strong. That it will minister and minister until hearts begin to break into the dealings. Break into the experience. Come under the administration of these spirits. Thank you, our Father. We give you glory. But all these things come down from you. Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness. No shadow of time. We give all the praise to you, our God. And Jesus, our high priest, thank you because you've, you've mediated for us to come into these things. We bless your holy name, our Father. We give all the glory unto your name. Thank you, Jesus. We anticipate even greater things. Greater things being said in our midst. We give all the praise to you. We give all the glory. In Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. Amen. As many, I sense there are some people who are believing tonight. You've heard about these administrations of the Spirit and they say, well, I want to come into it. I want to come under the administration of the Spirit of faith. I want to begin to hear. I want to be a hearer. As many who have made such a prayer tonight, I pray for you in the name of Jesus that there be a release in your life of this Spirit. That you, your ears, your soul, you come under the administration of the spirit of faith. That you begin to hear the spirit. He will begin to speak unto you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give all the glory to your name. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You.